episode three from my travel book, No Boda Boda. Title, Escaping the Talons of a Lamagare, the Bearded Vulture. No escape from Chang, the mountain barley brew. Notes, trying to reach camp before dark, helped by the bearded vulture. Forgetting to turn the cup of wine face down. Location, the Ladakh Himalayas, Marka Valley. In 1980, I was escorting two important guests on a trek into the Marka Valley in Ladakh's high mountains. One was the vice president of an important American bank stationed in Hong Kong. The other, the great grandson of a 19th century Himalayan mountain explorer called Fred Franke, whose mountain journeys in the Himalaya are well known. Just as we were turning a corner below a mountainous crag, we encountered at close quarters a mature lamagare or bearded vulture as it slowly rose into flight, opening its wings to the full span at its command all of nine feet or 2.74 meters. The sight of those immense wings along with the black feather beard created not a little awe in my visitors and indeed in me. After lunch, as Westerners often want to do, my guests lay down to sun themselves on a rock. Once settled, they refused to leave, and I began worrying about reaching camp before dark. Suddenly, they shot up and practically bolted. They had spotted the huge bearded vulture, like an apparition from tales of Sinbad the sailor, as it began to circle and descend ever lower toward what looked like a hearty feast on that rock. We reached camp in time that evening. On the same trek, my Ladakhi guides had a good laugh at my guests' expense when they would not divulge the custom of turning their cups upside down after consuming Chang, the barley beer, at a villager's house. This, of course, meant constant refills. At that high elevation, the slow buildup of Chang certainly got us into a happy mood. The rice beer of Arunachal and the Northeast is similar, for it too has a slow buildup. The latter was, I found, the more pleasant of the two, the Ladakhi Chang being the more pungent. Episode 3 from my travel book, No Boda Boda. Title. Escaping the talons of a lamagare, the bearded vulture. No escape from Chang, the mountain barley brew. Notes. Trying to reach camp before dark, helped by the bearded vulture. Forgetting to turn the cup of wine face down. Location. The Ladakh Himalayas, Marka Valley. In 1980, I was escorting two important guests on a trek into the Marka Valley in Ladakh's high mountains. 
One was the vice president of an important American bank stationed in Hong Kong. The other, the great grandson of a 19th century Himalayan mountain explorer called Fred Franke, whose mountain journeys in the Himalaya are well known. Just as we were turning a corner below a mountainous crag, we encountered at close quarters a mature lamaga or bearded vulture as it slowly rose into flight, opening its wings to the full span at its command, all of nine feet or 2.74 meters. The sight of those immense wings along with the black feather beard created not a little awe in my visitors and indeed in me. After lunch, as Westerners often want to do, my guests lay down to sun themselves on a rock. Once settled, they refused to leave, and I began worrying about reaching camp before dark. Suddenly, they shot up and practically bolted. They had spotted the huge bearded vulture like an apparition from tales of Sinbad the sailor as it began to circle and descend ever lower toward what looked like a hearty feast on that rock. We reached camp in time that evening. On the same trek, my Ladakhi guides had a good laugh at my guests' expense when they would not divulge the custom of turning their cups upside down after consuming Chang, the barley beer, at a villager's house. This, of course, meant constant refills. At that high elevation, the slow buildup of Chang certainly got us into a happy mood. The rice beer of Arunachal and the Northeast is similar, for it too has a slow buildup. The latter was, I found, the more pleasant of the two, the Ladakhi Chang being the more pungent. Two narrow escapes for a young lady in Kashmir's wilds. A buxom blonde almost slides into the raging Lither River. We are pursued by armed Gujars with dark intent. Location, Kashmir, the Sheshnag Lake and Zanskar in the Himalaya. In 1980, I had been tasked by the general manager of Air France in New Delhi to conduct him, his wife, and their 19-year-old daughter on an eight-day trek from Zanskar into Kashmir, ending up near Belgaum. A beautiful and scenic journey. This was a classic trail through the high-altitude desert landscape of Ladakh into the lush green of Kashmir. The assignment was memorable for the wrong reasons. The young lady had almost no sense of balance in the outdoors. When crossing the smallest of streams no more than a foot wide, she would pause, hesitate, and go back and forth before finally taking the step. It was rather incredible how imbalanced and out of kilter someone accustomed to paved city services 
surfaces could be in these environments. Her imbalance led to a very narrow escape indeed when she nearly skidded into a turbulent and swollen Himalayan river, the Lither, feeding the Sheshnag Lake. That year, the ice bridge we normally used had melted and we were forced to walk along the left bank rather than the usual right. We came to a short patch of ice and snow on the sharply sloped path. It was a one-at-a-time kind of situation, but too small to warrant the use of any rope or ice axes. The girl was ahead of me, and I realized with a sense of dread that if she slipped in the slightest, she would go straight into the raging river, from which there was no escape, and the rest of the party was too far ahead of us to help. Sure enough, just out of arm's reach, she began to skid. I could only watch with horror as she began to slip downward in the direction of the depths. Opportunely, we always advised each trekker to carry an old Indian brolly, which is equipped with a metal spike at the end. These would serve well for rain and sun and ice. The young lady's survival instincts took over and she deployed the metal spike of the umbrella as one would an ice axe, managing to come out unscathed. An hour later, we came upon a dense section of mountain forest. We trailed the rest of the party, which had gone on ahead. Before we realized it, and with utmost stealth, and silence, a band of fierce-looking, armed and bearded Gujars had materialized and fallen in step right behind us. Adding to the drama, over the course of the previous days, the young lady had flatly refused to heed advice about wearing modest clothing. Now, because of the heat, she was showing off a buxom vest, along with a great deal of bare thigh. The next half hour, Tension rose to boiling point as the Gujars continued to follow us, making lewd and dire suggestions about the girl, their intentions very sinister indeed. The Gujars had a fearsome reputation. They were expert mountain men and most hardy. I had seen them ascend a crevasse-ridden glacier under a full moon, wearing only ordinary clothing, hard-soled native shoes, a thick blanket and a staff. They were experts in dangerous Himalayan stream crossings, a recognized discipline of mountaineering. And even our Ladakhi guides were in awe of them. They kept absolutely ferocious Bhopia Tibetan Mastiffs perpetually changed, often with the ears docked, like the docked portion was apparently fed to the dogs with the belief it made them even fiercer. We were often pounced upon by these chained beasts sitting immobile along the path when it was almost too late. Thankfully, the Gujars and I all spoke Punjabi, and they had some respect for the Sikh community from their winterings in the plains of the Punjab. Grasping for any common ground, I recalled the names of some of the Gujar elders I had met and recounted visits to their homes, which, by the way, 
In short, I was totally flea-bitten when I did visit them. With a tit-for-tat kind of banter in Punjabi, I put on an apparent bold front. Dari te pra, they said to me, we are brothers of the beard, even though from different faiths. After half an hour of extreme tension, we gradually parted ways with this horrendous band. The young French woman asked me what the Gujjas had been saying, and I could do naught but mutter something like, just idle talk. 